in our Koto Tour. Welcome into Inside Netball with myself, Courtney Tidy, Jenny Woods and Adine Wilson. We're just off the back of round 13 of the ANZ Premiership. It's all getting really tight in there and we'll touch on it later. But first we're joined by Shirley Hooper, who has been recently announced as a new vice president. Well, Shirley, welcome into Inside Netball. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell us about your new role and what it involves? Oh, that's a million-dollar question. Um, I think it involves lots of early morning Zoom meetings or late-night Zoom meetings, first up. Um, used to involve three board meetings a year when we would meet face-to-face, -face, but now with COVID, obviously, we're, um, we're in a slightly different situation. So we now meet monthly um, over Zoom meetings. And Anne Todd, who's the other New Zealand director on the uh, World Netball Board, and I take turns, really, with the... Uh, the uh, Jamaican director, and we all take turns at seeing who gets the witching hour. So that's a lot of it. <laughs> uh, we're looking to hopefully have it as an exhibition in 2028 and hopefully for it to be there in 2032. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because we've seen with rugby, they've protected their 15-a-side game and shifted and pivoted, I guess, to make the game sevens that can be played around the world and played at the Olympics. Is that something we could look at doing with Fast Five? Absolutely, it's something that we could look at doing and it's definitely where we see a growth opportunity in the sport. I think we all have to be very cognizant that getting into the Olympics is um, is an aspiration, but it's also pretty hard to to do. So we're starting, we, we feel that our biggest opportunity is likely to be when we have a great netball nation hosting an Olympics. So with 2032 being potentially well, odds on, looks like it will be in Australia. We're starting to work with Netball Australia in terms of how we could try and position Netball as a sport that the host nation can nominate. As you know, they have a few sports that they can nominate. But we also have to be really cognizant that the IOC has boundaries around the total number of athletes that will be in Olympics and also the gender balance at the Olympics. So these are things that we are in the early stages of starting to work through. This, you know, this thing about the Olympics and, you know, Courtney, you, you know, you said, oh, how exciting. I just can't get excited about it. I mean, to me, the, <laughs> I'm sorry, the pinnacle, to me, the pinnacle is the World Cup, you know, and I just, I fear that if you, if we, um, and you, and you know, look, you're spending all this time on it um, and, and then we don't get in. Is that a, a worry or a danger? And, and what would the game get out of being at the Olympics? I guess there's a lot of, I guess you would get more exposure out of being in the Olympics. You would have more people citing your sport. So that's what we see as a big advantage. It's embedded in our constitution, interestingly, that we will aspire to be an Olympic sport. So we've been a, we've been a recognised sport by the IOC for a number of years, which gives us access to a number of the educational programmes, et cetera. But a lot of the drive for many of our members, Jenny, is, is around the funding line that becomes available in a lot of these developing countries if you're an Olympic sport. So wearing my artistic swimming, synchronised swimming hat, I know because synchronised swimming is a sport, an Olympic sport, as a small minnow country in New Zealand, I can tap into Olympic solidarity funding simply because it's an Olympic sport. So that gives gives me running, a, running that sport in New Zealand an opportunity to tap into funding that I otherwise wouldn't get. And for many of our countries around the world, that's the advantage of being recognised or being an Olympic sport. Where, where does or how does World Netball recognise the men's game currently? 
Look, I think we've probably been we've probably given mixed messages in the past about the men's game. It's been interesting sitting in New Zealand and watching the men's game flourish um, so much here, and watching Netball New Zealand's initiatives with the test, test series, etc. And then to read the comments or hear the comments about international netball or world netball doesn't recognise the men's game. And we're trying to, I think, be a little bit more open-minded now. And you'll see in our strategic plan, we talk about embracing the men's game, but in a way that doesn't disempower the women's game. So we have to be really cognizant of this. And, and again, it's hard to imagine when you're in New Zealand, but for many of our developing countries, particularly in Asia and Africa, Nepal creates a space where women can shine, where women get the get the chance to lead, where women get the chance to be safe in the environment where where it's a woman's environment created by women for women. So we need to make sure in what we do by embracing the men's game that we don't lose that. And we also need to think about when we're not blessed with an Indian broadcast agreement like cricket is, and we're not blessed with multitudes of millions running around like like some other like rugby is. So we have to be really, really cognizant of where we spread our resources and where we prioritize our resources. But I think you'll see under this new new strategic plan that there will be a little bit more reaching out towards the men's game and trying to figure our way with them through these challenges. Netball has got great participation numbers. We are so, so fortunate, particularly here in New Zealand. Yes. How do we turn that into fans? How do we turn that into people choosing netball, watching netball, following people on social media? Where are the opportunities? I think I think the virtual world now of, of what our players are doing, what our teams are doing in New Zealand, you know, you've seen what Netball New Zealand's done here with, with putting embedding digital people into the franchises and just that lift in digital communication that's happened just in New Zealand alone, and that's starting to roll out around the world. So that's an education piece for us. We have a digital marketing officer, Grace Watson, who drove the rebrand strategy, and that's a big part of her mission at the moment. As a, for example, as part of the rebrand, there's a mosaic that we're building where anyone can go on. It's on the World Netball site. Click on and tell your story, upload your photo, and then we want to build a mosaic of netballers' experiences all around the world. So we see that as a real growth opportunity. All right, well, Shirley, we thank you so much for your time. Very exciting to hear everything uh, for netball and what's going to happen in the future. But thank you so much for joining us on Inside Netball. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So, OK, time now to talk about the ANZ Premiership. <laughs> the back of round 13. Everything's happening. It's all up in the air. You couldn't have written it better. Uh, the Mystics are in one. The Tactics after this weekend have jumped to second. Steel in third and the Stars, who started undefeated, have dropped out of the top three, Jenny. Well, I mean, you couldn't have written the script any better, could you? Because, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have had it this... Even even a week ago, I probably wouldn't have thought it would have been, you know, that order of of teams. But wonderful. And I think probably looking at the, you know, two rounds to come, um, who knows? It's who knows anyone's what's going to right? Yeah. Absolutely. And we looked at that. We've, we've got on our piece of paper here all the where they are on the table and how they can potentially move. And, and everyone's basically playing each other over the next yes. two rounds. So that is what's going to make it so interesting. But I just think it's fascinating. The Stars sat in that first position from round two. Yes, yeah, round two. It was only last week.
my, even my, my brain's getting mixed up all this week. <laughs> it was only last week that they dropped down into second and yeah. to now be in fourth after 13 rounds is insane. And I just love a competition that's so close. You know, the steel and tactics, those southern sides, they're really starting to peak at the right time. And the steel, because, I mean, everyone didn't really give them much chance this season. And they, like you said, Adine, they're peaking. And they just got beat the Mystics on the weekend, who were sitting in first place. I don't think anyone really um, anticipated just how good that shooting combination yeah. would be. Yes. Between George Fisher and Tiana Maturo, they have really clicked. And, and perhaps it's because they're born in the same part of England or some weird thing like that. But um, just to watch them play together is fabulous. And then, of course, you've got the, you know, the I was going to say the old campaigners, makes them sound as though they're 50, but <laughs> Shannon Saunders and Tahuinga Reo, yes. Selby Rickett, just holding that other end together with the, all that young talent. Um, they're mostly 20, 21, 22, yes. I think, that team. And Ranga Bloxham, I think, just showing her skill as a, skill as a coach. Her and Joe Morrison, they nailed their um, analysis of the Mystics. They nailed their game plan. And if I was who's playing the Mystics next, the Mystics are up against the Pulse, the Pulse should watch that game plan because it was clever. We know to stop Grace, is Grace Nwicky, is so hard. She's, you know, 10 centimetres taller than people she can take. She's got a great vertical jump. So they shut down Lisapeta Tuiaba. Yes. That's not an easy feat. And no one has been able to do it so far, but the still, they did it. And yeah. they were getting turnover after turnover. But then you look down the other end on attack, I feel like the Mystics defence just dropped off and let the still have the front space. And they just played those short little passes and the Mystics couldn't get their hands on the ball. And there's a rule change that's played into the <laughs> of some teams. I mean, I, um, I was at that game in Invercargill and afterwards, you know, a lot of people were talking about that short pass thing. Actually, very few people said they liked it. But, you know, hey, that's a discussion for another day. Well, we used to see Maria, right? Maria Falau had to come in and she had to make sure she had enough space to get that pass from her middies. Now they could have basically handed it to her. She could have shot right from the circle edge. <laughs> and she would have as well. She would have. <laughs> and they still would have gone in. So certainly a game-changing rule that's uh, had an impact this season. Yeah, and I don't know that anyone picked the impact that it would have. Because I, I, I certainly didn't. No, I didn't think it would change much, but it seems to be uh, changing quite a bit now. We mentioned the stars have dropped out of the top three. What's wrong? What's going on? Can we digest it? Uh, they captain Maya Wilson. She only shot at 50% last night. And for a majority of the time that she was on, because she did go to the bench, she was at 43%. And until the last couple minutes of the game, the Stars actually had up, put up more shots than the tactics. So they were getting the ball down there. Was it the tactics defence in Berger and Watson is too good? Or is something happening at the Stars? Well, I, I think it might be a whole combination of a whole lot of things. And I think, without doubt, you know, that, that Watson-Burger um, combo is just fantastic. And they were, they were on fire last night. I think, yes, there is stuff going on with Maya Wilson. And, you know, we've, she's talked about it publicly. Uh, added to that, the, you know, her shooting numbers are down. But so are the shooting numbers down with a number of goal attacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, to pass Selby Rickett last night. Yes, that, true. That's not a high number. Uh, not a high number, Bailey Mears, not a high number. So, you know, that's almost another discussion. And I did think that the Stars' defence was quiet. And I, I just might have perhaps not been surprised if 
Kerry Wills had made a change there. Well, the Stars, they've peaked early, right? They peaked really early mm. in the season. They were playing well. They were humming along. And you just wonder if they need to change something up now. Change something up. Bring something different to the game, which is hard when there's only two rounds to go. But if they're going to do it, they need to do it now. They've got the steel and the magic to finish their last two rounds. If this next game in round 14 against the steel, this is almost their final, right? Well, it they is. They do not beat the steel. That's almost. They're out. They're out. Well, Todd. Todd, uh, Todd, the Todd father, he said that they will be out <laughs> if they don't win this weekend, which is would be Monday night. So it's quite crucial. You'll be doing, calling that game, won't you? Yes, we will. And then Monday, we'll see if Nick was in after. It's crucial, crucial match. So you've got to watch Star Steel on that Monday night because that's going to have a massive impact on how those top three are going to fall for the elimination final. One thing, you know, mentioning the magic, you've got to, you've just got to mention this. Yes. Know, their sixth bonus point of the season. I don't think anyone's ever got six bonus points before. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be good if when you got a bonus point, that point came from the three winning points? Oh, so oh, take it away. So they only got two it, points for you winning. take it away. Jenny, I like it. I know, I quite like it too. So I'll have, I'll have to pitch We should have told Shirley. We should have told Shirley. <laughs> but we'll pitch it to someone. But I just thought, you know, because you just, um, well, we've, we've talked about the magic before and I think everyone, you know, feels for them. But, um, yeah, boy, six close losses. Well, and also the magic. I feel like these last two rounds, they could really cause an upset here because they have the tactics and the stars. Stars in the last game of, or the ma last match, last round. I think they could do some damage because you know when you're down, it's you've got really nothing to lose. It's the end of the season and you just go full steam ahead. Thinking of which though, how good was that team talk from Kerry Wills? We have got a bit of pride to play for right now. We have got our defence and working really hard to get that ball. So we're going to man up on attack. We're going to be available for each other. We're going to change our line and angle. We're going to fake the ball. Everything we do at training, we're going to throw it out there right now. Because if you don't, you're going to get run over. And we are not here to be run over. We're here to play. We're here to win a championship. So let's lift it. She just... Um put it out there, you've got to man up, you've got to do your job. And it wasn't, a, well, it was it was aggressive, but it was, it was perfect, perfectly pitched. And I just, it, it reminded me actually of the chat we saw from Timmy Parter-Bailey yes. in the final of the National Netball League the other day. And, and that was a similarly pitched, um, just brilliant, brilliant coaching. And we're so fortunate when we get to be at the games, we get to stand behind the benches and listen to the coaches. And it's actually fascinating. Each team runs their team talks quite differently. For example, the Mystics, um, Rob Wright is always down the attack end and he doesn't move down the defence end. Helene Wilson sits down that defence end. Um, for the Steel, completely opposite. Rayanga goes from one end from the D all the way down to the shooters. So it's really interesting listening into those comments and even how direct they might be about specific things they want to see on court, whereas other coaches might talk more generally. So fascinating. And, and even the fans get to hear those little snippets at the start of those quarters because there's some great stuff that goes on in those those huddles. Well, it is even on uh, when the Pulse played and Gail Parata, I think, heading into the fourth quarter, yes. her final words was pretty much just, we need ball, <laughs> you know, and that was, then she just walked off and I was like, wow, she really made her point there, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, but it's great. I mean, the, the access we have to the coaches is, is wonderful. I mean, it, it, it is really good because I think, you know, Sometimes you might have coaches that say, well, no, I'm not going to engage in that. But, um, uh, yeah, good, good access.
great access. Now, Karen Berger, she got MVP again. Uh, I think she's won it three, four, how many ever times? Five, five times. There you go. So she's outstanding. Her combination with Watson. Now, here's my question to you two. Does she stay or does she go? We'll stay at the tactics? Yes, because when you look at it, at the future, teaming up with Jane Watson, it's, we've got pinnacle years coming up, Com Games World Cup. Do you keep working on that combination or do you possibly leave if other teams come hunting? Well, it probably depends how happy you are. I mean, somebody, was it you, asked her that last night, mm. didn't you? So, uh, you know, can you feel the red and black causing through mm. your veins yet? Which um, I don't think she could, but she, said, <laughs> she did say she was really enjoying her time. And, you know, um, that's a very good question. I, I just don't think you'd probably have a reason to leave, would you? Yeah, and do you look at it, but if, she, if, they, if the tactics go on and win, you've done, have you done your job there and go, OK, I've won the premiership with the tactics? Well, you want another. Yeah, or do you go looking elsewhere? I just think it's clever that the two of them are together because they are forming an amazing, and I'm talking Jane and Carden, an amazing combination. And if that can translate through to the Silver Ferns, that's just awesome. It's great for the Silver Ferns. But I think we all know when you're happy, when you're enjoying an environment, you play great netball. And I think we're seeing the same from Tiana Matuado. She has just really blossomed down in Dunedin or in Invercargill and it's turned her game around. She's had the opportunity to get out on court and she's making such a significant difference. So I think if you if you nail that, if you nail those environments, then you're going to play some good netball. So would you like to slide Grace Wecky into that southern oh, combination? That. Imagine. I mean, that's what you think in a year or two. I mean, I don't know, perhaps it'll be this year we'll see them. Um, because they are the shooting combination that the Ferns will have before long, yes. um, surely to goodness. So, you know, all these and more. I mean, there are so many things. And the midcourt is full. Kimmy or a poi? Yes. Last night. Wow. Um, superb. Superb. Okay, well then, speaking of silver ferns, here's my other curly one. If you look at players coming back, because you, we speak about Berger and Watson together, that combination, but then Katrina Grant, will she come back? Kayla Cullen, possibly coming back. Michaela Sokolic-Beatson. We've seen Phoenix Kardika on the court as well on the weekend. We've got all these players possibly coming back. And all gold offences as well. That's all in that gold They are too, each and every one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to have to do a lot to wrestle it off um, Kardenberger. But that's, again, going to the Mystics smart. So smart of the Mystics to oh. name Phoenix Karaka on that bench um, against the Seal. She came on briefly because you do have to play. I think it's two game will be on in that starting or in that named on the starting sheet. Sorry, 11, not starting, but on the bench if you want to play in the finals round. So very, very clever of Rob Wright and Helene Wilson to recognise that, get her back in there, because we know she's a performer in those big games. Yeah, she, I had a quick chat to her at the airport yesterday and she said, you know, she did, She actually hadn't been expecting to go on and then she did longest four minutes of her life. <laughs> but I, she got an intercept. She, she won did. ball. I agree, and it was great to see Phoenix out there, but then... Have that, has that changed things in the Mystics because they suffered a loss? I mean, what does that do to players like Kate Burley who are having an outstanding season? All of a sudden, she's now maybe thinking about something else. Sulu has to think about working with Phoenix now because they obviously haven't been working together all season. Has that changed something there, possibly? I just think it's a great problem to have. I, mean, <laughs> I agree. Just, you know, and it's, it's not ours. We don't have to work it out. <laughs> but no, seriously, um, I think all good. I mean, you just... They just, it will become a real battle. I mean, interesting about Katrina Rory. I mean, I, 
do we, does she want to come back? You mentioned Kayla Cullen. Yes. Yes. Uh, Kayla. No, still Kayla Cullen, yes. Oh, but, <laughs> but I did say Katrina Grant, Katrina Rory. Yes. yes. But, um, and I she's think... been a bit more vocal about coming back, right? We've sort yes. of. Yes. Yeah. And she's yeah. been training hard. And then when they, her and Sean came back while the bye was on in Australia in the NRL, she did go to a stars training just to help fill in. So, I mean, possibly great. All these players coming back. Amelia Rand, Canasio. And all the negotiations will be starting. Exactly. So at the moment, the, the franchises can talk to their current players and things. But this is where, you know, it gets interesting for the CEOs now. You know, all this negotiation is going to start after that final whistle of the final. Will we see movement? And, and that's what you've got to take into account as a player. Um, who's coming back? Who's coming back? Who's going to be in those positions for the Mystics? Where are the opportunities? Kate Burley. She was fabulous on the weekend. I was really surprised she got taken off. I think perhaps, and Wendy Frew talk, talked about it, was more strategic. They wanted Sulu to come out into that goal defence yes. position. She was outstanding. But you can imagine she might be a little worried knowing Michaela Sokolich beats and she's going to be back. Phoenix Karaka mm -hmm. is going to be back. So do you start looking wider field and see, you know, where are the opportunities well, around the country? Do you look down the road towards Hamilton? Well, do you wait to see who the coach will be well? As and well, and actually that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because yes. that's, you know, what, applications closed last week, end of last week. So, um, oh, so much going on. And you need to have that coach in place soon because to attract players to a franchise without knowing who the coach is, that is a massive ask. And, and you know yourself, Courtney, the coach can be a huge piece in the puzzle why you want to go and play in a region. You know, the likes you had, Julie Fitzpatrick yes. and, and things, and Fitzgerald, sorry. So, you've, you know, if you get that right coach, and who's it going to be? fascinating who's going to take on that role um, but that's going to be a huge piece in the puzzle for the magic well it is and also other teams because um i mean do other coaches move on are there changes with different coaches at franchise level uh who knows what's going to happen but it does play a huge part in players and where you go to because you could go to a franchise but the coach coming in if you were signed before then maybe they're not quite your biggest fan or they don't like you in this position so you have to juggle all these things up because we had great crowds this weekend oh. in Porirua they were sold out in Vicargo they were loud Christchurch was sold out I mean it can make all the difference can't it I remember that that crowd in Porirua and okay it's not it's not the biggest stadium in the world but it was you know there were about 2,000 people there and late in the game in the yeah. pulse leveled they just started to roar and I got a little ooh, you know, <laughs> tingle down my spine because that's what it, you know, it just lifts you. Uh, and it did make me think actually about, well momentarily, about the Olympics and um, you know, what is it going to be like? It is going to be super strange and even thinking about um, the opening ceremony. We don't yes. even really know what's happening in the opening ceremony for the Olympics but funny you should say that too because obviously it affects the players hugely. We've seen Nick Kyrgios, I know we're slightly going sideways talking about tennis, but he's gone, I, what's the point of being there if no one's watching? Mm -hmm. um, and so it'll be interesting if they have the canned crowd and those sorts of things and the, that they'll turn <laughs> up when someone you know, scores a goal. But, but touching on Porirua as well, we've always talked about the fortress yes. that is in Vicargo, but tell you what, Porirua, they're starting to take them on, their fans. I think they definitely are. And also we saw the Euro final this week at Wembley. We, they had a packed stadium, no masks, they had to do COVID tests. With them, we've seen Suncorp Super Netball without crowds or minimal crowds. 
our grand final last year, we had no crowd. But the grand final this year is at Spark Arena, Sunday, August 8th. And it was fascinating listening to Shirley. You know, that's a big part in netball. We've got awesome participation numbers, but we need the fans that are pack out a stadium like that to show their support for netball, to pull your teams together, you know, your young year seven team together or your prem team to come along and make it an awesome experience for the whole team. That would just be because it means so much for the players as well to play in front of such a huge crowd. But I do think we've got those fans in netball that will turn out. I feel like they will come to the grand final at Spark Arena because it's a huge occasion. Last night, uh, after Netball Zone, Gora and I were driving out of Christchurch Arena and two older ladies were walking and we said, oh, do you need a lift? Because it was very cold down there. They said, no, we've just booked down a hotel just around the corner. So... Like, they've gone on a little friendship holiday to come and watch netball in Christchurch, and I think awesome. we could get that for the grand final. Like, people will come in because it's going to be a great event. Well, I hope you're right, because I was thinking back, was, again, while Shirley was talking about Fast Five, and I was thinking back to, you know, when we had it in Auckland. And the party was, days. Oh, the party <laughs> days. And, you know, Outfit. I would go round the stadium, and every second person I met was from Blimmin' Invercargill. <laughs> It was incredible. Good work, and they'd all come on, you know, and they'd made a weekend of it. And they'd come for this and they'd come for that. And, I mean, actually, you mentioned the Lion King. I mean, again, a few people from Invercargill have been <laughs> up to the Lion King. But, um, you know, and hopefully that's what... And I think women are, you know, very good at creating reasons to go away for a you know, <laughs> weekend. Uh, and um, that's what'll happen. And, you know, fingers crossed it'll be great event. And that's the bonus of actually knowing now how many weeks out that yes. the final is at Spark so people can plan because often you can't, you, it comes down to that last round right to figure out where the final is going to be or the semi-final so a massive bonus knowing people can book flights now, yes. get, get their accommodation and get to Spark Arena. That's it book your tickets, book your flights, <laughs> book your hotels we'll all be there for the ANZ Premiership Grand Final at Spark Arena. Thank you for joining us, thank you Jenny and Nadine right here on Inside Netball.